Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's so hard. Can we skip to the good part? All right, we are back for another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. Presley Meyer here. Jacob Blaine joins me tonight after Louisville Falls, 67-66. to For the first time ever to Bellarmine, Scott Davenport uh, caps off the Scott Davenport and the Bellarmine Knights. Uh, had one of their starters out tonight. Still secured the dub against our cards. And uh, listen, Jacob, I, I don't know about you, man, but I'm, I am – I'm disappointed in the result, and any Louisville fan should be. Uh, however, I'm not disappointed necessarily in the effort and a lot of the execution. I think a lot of stuff surprised me in a good way tonight. Uh, and, and for that reason, I'm, I'm a bit excited. Yeah, well, that's certainly one way to feel. Uh, that's for sure. Um, I think there's a lot of Louisville fans who left who did not feel that way. Uh, and how about this for the, the sights and sounds of Louisville, uh, the, the starting 502 podcast after dark here as I try to navigate my way home, the sirens uh, in the background. Um, yeah, so, you know. Yeah, I, I what see what, what, what exactly is going on right now on 4th Street? Is there some I, sort of metal concert? Um, that's what I'm assuming is going on there. I couldn't tell you. Who knows? I mean, the way it's been in Louisville the last few months is that if there's one event, there's 5,000 events. So uh, concerts. Yes, uh, yes. Anything of that nature uh, does not shock me in the slightest that that would be happening now. But my, what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, I think it's certainly uh, encouraging that Louisville was able to fight back. And we're going to get into the specifics of the game as we get on throughout the show. Um, and, I, and I'm OK with that. I'm OK with being optimistic with that. But I, I just I walk away with this game so concerned about this team's ability to play defense as a, as a, as a team. Uh, we have some individually strong defenders, but we are not a strong team defensively. Um, Garrett Tipton, uh, Bash Wayland, um, Landon Johnson, um, you know, all of these guys from Bellarmine were able to just get what they wanted, when they wanted, however they wanted for the most part. Um, and, and that for me is the biggest concern um, and sure, it, it, it's one of those things, Presley, where this is a really unique offense uh, that they just played against in Bellarmine. And it was going to be tough to prepare for that and practice and, and, and seeing it, especially in the season opener is um, it's a lot like playing like a triple option team in football. Like there's just really no way to prepare for that offense 
Um, and you saw Louisville come out with a lot of energy, which was great, but they quickly kind of fell back into what we saw against Chaminade and Lenore Ryan. Uh, and it was troubling. It cost them. Honestly, that's what cost them the game was that that lapse uh, in the, the first half after uh, the media timeout at the 16 minute mark where Louisville had gotten out to, I think like a, uh, 11 to four run or 11 to five run, something like that. And then Bellarmine just took over. Uh, they, they got whatever they wanted for the most part because they were smarter. They were more uh, fundamentally sound and they played with effort and intensity for the full uh, 40 minute game. And that's why Bellarmine won the game and, you know, hats off to them. They are a really good basketball program. Uh, and I'm excited. This loss doesn't hurt like it would if it was another program like that wasn't Bellarmine. I- I'm excited for their season, but it-, it does hurt to walk out of there tonight without a victory in the season opener. I I guess I just go throughout my life blissfully unaware of the amount of Bellarmine fans, like diehard Bellarmine fans that exist on the surge. I mean, there were uh, and, and hats off to them once again. I mean, there were probably 2000 plus Bellarmine fans like. And I'm not talking just like they showed up just to like be part of the experience or ha ha, they, they go to Bellarmine or they went to Bellarmine and they're, you know, a closet UK fan. So they, they just kind of showed up, which also did see quite a few full on Kentucky clad uh, people coming out of the game tonight, which was uh, which was a sight to behold for sure. Um, celebrating with the Bellarmine fans. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure they were happy. I was I was shocked by by the just the sheer amount of Bellarmine fans and the excitement level. I mean, they were into it, man. Uh, so, I mean, a, again, hats off to, to Scott Davenport because that's, that's not something you would have seen maybe even five years ago. Um, so, I mean, it, it, was, it was an impressive showing from them. It didn't really feel like a true home atmosphere for Louisville. Um, and, and with that being said, I mean, there were probably – I would say there are probably 10,000 people there, but I would say 2,000 were Bellarmine fans. So, um, I mean, hell of, a, hell of a turnout from them. Uh, ultimately, though, I mean, I'm, I guess my, my main takeaway is, is, like you said, there was just some spurts in this game where if Louisville could have just avoided just some mental lapses, I think they win that game pretty handily. And, I mean, they finished the game on an 11-0 run. And – that in and of itself is pretty impressive given the, the kind of middle part of this game. Uh, but I, I was really impressed with the way that they came out. I thought that Louisville looked like the more athletic team. It looked like the team that was there to set the tone. Uh, they were rebounding well. Uh, they were, you know, aggressive in executing their offense and on defense. Um, I, I was pretty impressed with the way they came out. I mean, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, first possession, hits a three. Um, Mike James was impressive all night. Um, I really, I I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, Louisville has nothing behind them. Like, and and I mean nothing, but, um, you know, my, the combination of Mike James and Al Ellis and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think Al Ellis played 40 minutes tonight. Uh, I don't think he, he, he 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 I think he, he came out at one point, I believe when Hersey Miller went in late in the first half. Uh, but, you know, I think it was closer to that 37, 38 minute mark like it was against Chaminade. And I, I told you on the podcast last week that we did, Presley, that that number concerned me. That is not sustainable for L. Ellis. Uh, but nah. at the same time, man, we saw he has to be on the field for this team to go. Like he yes. is the only one um, who can comfortably get into the lane when he wants, who can dribble and get penetration inside. 
they did a lot of pick and roll uh, with with either a you know BHH or with uh, with Rose up at the top of the key, and then L really just kind of got to kind of flow out of that and, and just make decisions and play basketball. I thought he did a great job with that. He was aggressive scoring in the first half. I think he had 14 points. Um, in the first half and then in the second half he really became more of a distributor you started to see the balls uh, you know kind of moving a lot more side to side which is what we've um, kind of heard would be the case with Louisville of really swinging the ball with passes and finding guys open ways off it's kind of similar to what Bellarmine does in cutting and, and, and back screens which I know Bellarmine doesn't do a lot of screening but it's more movement based and rotation based than it is anything else um, and in the second half L was really able to kind of find what he wanted he had some just silly passes across court. Uh, his athleticism is on display every time he touches the freaking ball. Uh, but there's nothing behind him. You literally have no backup point guard. Uh, Hersey Miller, one game, I saw three dribbles out of him, and he was scared. Uh, same with mm-hmm. Payne. He airballed the three. Um, you know, they just didn't have anyone that was able to come in and relieve Ellis of, of the ball handling duties. Uh, and the offensive playmaking duties, uh, not so much even just dribbling and all that, but, you know, the playmaking more so than anything else. And uh, that's concerning. Uh, you know, there, there's just going to be moments where L has to come off the floor or they have to go somewhere else. Wrestling, I just don't know how they do it at this point. Uh, I know it's game one, but we've gotten a small, a, a big enough sample size to know that the guard options right now are not feasible. for. Well, it, it makes me wonder – uh, I, it didn't look like Bobby Abasili dressed again tonight. Is that a uh, is that something going on off the court, or is he injured? Or uh, I, I would like to hear. You know, obviously we'll listen to Kenny Payne's comments uh, a little bit later on, but I'd like to hear uh, what what is happening with Fabio Basili because it seemed like he was brought in to be that second guy um, that that could come in and, and spare LLS for eight to ten minutes a game, and he hasn't even dressed the last two games. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. The, the other thing that really, 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 really concerns me is uh, we did look at this team in the offseason and say, okay, you have Sidney Curry. Like, you have Bell Ellis, you have Sidney Curry. Uh, you have, you know, Jalen Withers, you know, is capable. Um, J- J.J. Trainer shows flashes of, of being solid. Like, we thought all of that in the offseason. But in, in, in reality, we look right now at, at – at Sidney Curry, I mean, he didn't even attempt a shot tonight. And I don't know if he warranted a shot. Uh, I believe he finished with either three or four rebounds. Like, just really, really bad stuff from Sidney Curry. And, you know, we've kind of danced around it a little bit. But, I mean, it's very clear Sidney Curry gained a bunch of weight in the offseason. He's back around the the size and the skill level that he was, that he was at. Uh, coming out of Juco and it makes me wonder, you know, with Fabio Basili uh, and Sidney Curry, like what is going on there? Like, because those are two pieces and, and I know it, it's, it pains me to even say this, but those are two pieces that are going to be important for this team. Like you have to have a backup point guard. Louisville doesn't have one right now. Like Hersey Miller, like we've, we've kind of received word that he's on scholarship. Like Kenny Payne kind of, mentioned that in passing like it was just a known thing uh but i mean he's not i mean no offense to the kid i'm I'm sure he's a great kid but like he does not play like he is worthy of of having a scholarship uh at at the high d1 level uh and and fabio basili feels much the same 
but he's he at least has the athleticism and size that he could be capable of, of running the offense for a few minutes a game. And we haven't even seen him. Uh, so th- those two really concern me. Like it's uh, and I, I know it shouldn't, but it's like, what happens? I mean, God forbid. What if Ellis squeaks an ankle and he's got to go out? Like, what if he gets three fouls in the first half and you just have to go without Ellis? Like, I mean, he, against Be- against Bellerman, like probably one of the five or six worst teams you'll play all season against Bellerman. I mean, <laughs> they. They uh, they they could not have survived without without LLS. Um, so that was the same way. It was the same way against Chaminade. I mean, they don't beat Chaminade unless Ellis scores, you know, twenty eight points. It, it's, right. It's it's a very concerning um, issue for for Kenny early in the season. And I don't know if you saw the tweet from Jeff Goodman shortly into the Louisville game. I got a DM as well from Tristan Freeman, who is the the, the lead writer for Busting Brackets for fan sided and it was both uh, the tweet and the DM that I received were very much in, in the, the, the vein of what in the hell were they doing this off season, not securing more pieces for this roster. Well, I mean, uh, I, you I look think, at this. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think that we know the answer there. Like, I, I think the answer has become very apparent uh, over the last month or so. And that's that Louisville really thought they were getting the hammer dropped. And by that, I mean, they at least thought they were going to lose two or three scholarships this season. Uh, they thought that they were probably going to see a postseason ban. Uh, they were expecting, you know, at, at least maybe not even if they were expecting the worst, they were preparing for at least something from the IARP. And so, you know, I, I think that we're looking at a completely different situation right now. Say the IARP came back and said, you know, we, you know, Louisville's got a postseason ban, um, and, you know, we're going to remove three scholarships this season. Like, if they did that, I think that we're looking at this team completely differently because it's like, well, of course, if they knew that was coming down, if that's what they anticipated, then that's kind of what they planned for. And that's not an excuse. It's just reality. Um, I think that there's a sense of relief and, and joy when that came down, but then it was like, well, shit. I mean, we probably could have landed one of these these high level guard transfers. We probably could have landed another freshman. Like there, there are a few things that that they could have done to really, you know, kind of secure uh, the roster and kind of try to save the season. I mean, but the reality is, it really comes down to that guard spot. Like L. Ellis is is a great point guard. He's probably, I would say, like a top eight to ten point guard in the ACC this season. I would say that you know he's a he is an above-average scorer, above-average passer. Um, you know, he he has the intangibles to be really good for this team, but there is not a single player on this freaking planet that can play 40 minutes a game night in and night out in, uh, against an ACC schedule. I mean, the poor dude's going to get winded. He's going to be hurt. Like, it's just – it's not realistic. And it, it, that's kind of what concerns me the most. I mean, Louisville showed – and if you want to get into that for a second, I mean, to me, they showed flashes of really good stuff tonight. Like they came out the, the gates aggressive. Um, they shot the ball very well from distance. I know that people, you know, obviously it was a big, big issue that they couldn't get the ball in the lane. Uh, a lot of that had to, again, to do with, with uh, Sidney Curry and Roosevelt Wheeler not really being willing to, to post up. And when they try to get the ball to the post, it was ugly. 
Yeah, and real quick before you before we move on, I want to just add some context to that because yes, early on they went to Sidney Curry, and on the first play of the game, Sidney goes to make a move and he gets stripped. They call a foul on Bellerman, uh, but it really kind of set the tone for him. I don't think he saw another post touch after that. Maybe one more uh, when they did post up late, which they did emphasize in those final few possessions, getting the ball inside to it, it was to Brandon Huntley Hatfield and to Jalen Withers. Those two guys posted up. Uh, and more times than not, um, they faced up more than they posted up. They would they would start in a post up, but they would you know pivot into a face up and then try to make a move. Um, and you saw Jalen get fouled a couple of times. Uh, you did see some turnovers. You know you did see uh, Huntley Hatfield take a couple of shots that didn't fall that were good moves. There was definitely some encouragement there. But Sidney Curry, it, you know, is not going to be the player we thought he was um, at least not in the beginning of the season. You know, I'm not sure what's going on with him, but just the way they quickly pivoted away from him in this game, he barely played um, at least from what I can remember, at least having an impact. He might've played, but he definitely didn't have any kind of impact. Um, the, the post presence here is going to be uh, the, the guys that, are, that I just mentioned. It's going to be the Huntley Hatfields. It's going to be the, the Jalen Withers. It's going to be the JJ trainers. And we even saw, you know, some positive signs from Rose Wheeler tonight. He was the guy, personally, in the first two exhibitions who just looked lost, like even more lost than he was last year. He was really lost last year. Uh, Rose had a couple of nice plays defensively. He uh, had a couple of really nice putbacks, including that monster dunk. Um, no, right. he, he did miss the, the gimme at the end of the game that would have given Louisville the lead, I believe, off of that offensive rebound. Or maybe that was Huntley Hatfield. That was uh, so Huntley Hatfield. Yeah, Huntley Hatfield. So there's, there's still a lot to clean up on the post side of things for Louisville. Uh, it's definitely discouraging that so far we have just not seen a, the Sydney Curry we expected. Um, but but there's there's just not enough focus yet on being able to get that ball inside. And that's a huge part of what Kenny wants to do, it seems like. Uh, because what he doesn't want to do is just what they kind of did in the beginning of the game, which was a three-man weave, essentially, at the top of the key. It was a three-man right. weave just extended, like, just side to side. That's not the kind of passing he wants, like. I think I tweeted, you can pass all day long, but if you're not moving, doing anything other than just uh, passing and moving away from the ball, you're not really impacting the offense. In fact, you're negating any kind of free flow and movement. Uh, and then the second half, when they did start to get the ball inside, that's when you saw that offense, in my opinion, kind of open up. You started to see more and more space, more ability to move the ball. They were making hell of passes from the corners to the corners to the top of the key. They were doing a lot of things really, really well, but still not enough emphasis on getting the ball inside. And I think a big part of that is because that Sidney Curry's just not giving them anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so looking at the minutes here, I have them in front of me now. LLS played all 40 minutes tonight. Uh, Mike, Mike James, 33 minutes. Uh, and then your other guards, um, Zan Payne, two minutes. Hershey Miller, three minutes. And that's it. Uh, Sidney Curry started but only played 16 minutes. Uh, Kamari Lands played 21. Uh, JJ Trainer played 18. Uh, Roosevelt Wheeler played 19. So, pretty balanced effort up front. Uh, Jalen Weathers with 26 minutes. But, but keep in mind, and one one thing, you know, I look against Bellerman, I don't want to go in and berate the refs and all that. But the officiating ultimately, like all things considered, made a major difference in this game. I mean, you look at, at, uh, at, at the foul trouble that, that Louisville had. I mean, very quickly, uh, Jalen Withers fouled out. Um, and then you had, let's see here, uh, JJ, JJ Trainer, Trainer fouled also out. fouled out. Both of those guys yeah. fouled out. Uh, Huntley Hatfield had three for a very long time. Um, so it was, 
it was a bit concerning. I mean, that, that really made the difference. I mean, if, if you look at shooting from the starters, uh, Sidney Curry didn't attempt a field goal and finished with three rebounds. That's pathetic. I, I'm just uh, – just Yeah, it's not good. If you have a center that has three rebounds against Bellerman, bro, I mean, you got to look inward there, buddy. Uh, yeah. But let's talk about the foul situation because uh, I, I agree. The referees at times were, were really bad, especially in the second half. I know you mentioned on our walk back to the car, you know, the, the, the instance where Bellerman got free throws on a non-shooting play where they weren't in the bonus. There was some sloppy refereeing. It's game one for everybody. Yes, uh, but the yes. more concerning issue there for me is the defense. Um, and uh, the fouls, a lot of those fouls came from being a step slow, covering people one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. It was Garrett Tipton. It was Justin Betts. It was uh, Alex, uh, Alex Fram. It was um, even Landon Johnson. These guys were able to get the ball and, and, and break their man down off the dribble. Uh, pretty easily and you know I, I don't I don't I don't know if it's Louisville just doesn't have a lot of team team quickness they're not you know great moving their feet side to side but they really just could not cover you know those guys one-on-one -on -one. and it was the same way against Shamanon I mean you know Braden Olsen mm -hmm. got whatever he wanted um, and, and it was the same way to an extent but more of a team effort against Lenore Ryan a lot of the fouls tonight came from reaching or um, it, 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 trying to get involved and become overly physical once the, the player had blown past them defensively or offensively, I should say. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, offensively, while we're on the, 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 the kind of talking point of not being able to stay in front of people, uh, Louisville can't get around anybody. You know, L right. did fine, uh, but it was nobody else was able to get even remotely close to breaking their man down off the dribble. Jalen Withers struggled with it. Mike James couldn't do it. Kamari Lance couldn't do it. We really didn't see the ball in anybody else's hands besides that. Um, those things, that is more of a concern than I think what we talked about in the offseason because if Louisville can't get into these kind of situations where your, your athlete can beat the other guy one-on-one -on -one getting to the basket, their offense is going to get stuck and have these six, seven, eight-minute droughts that we've seen the first three games of the year. And even in the red-white scrimmage, we saw scoring droughts. Uh, that's a concern. So offensively and defensively, uh, they've got to they've got to figure out a way to be able to guard people better and to be able to get around people better, which seems like a pretty big issue <laughs> if we're talking about that in game one. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of stats that, that draw concern, right? Louisville was called for 19 fouls. Bellerman, 15. And really, Louisville started drawing fouls on Bellerman late in that game. Uh, you know, Louisville, I think I, they, they were called for 19. I believe they were called for 12 or 13 in the first half. And it was just – it was it was a tough scene. It was, uh, but in the second half, though, a lot of those fouls from Bellerman came off of Louisville getting offensive rebounds and getting yes. – you know, being around the rim. Uh, yes. Jalen Withers did – you know, like I said, there was a lot of that face-up game. And while they weren't necessarily – Breaking their man down off the dribble, Jalen Withers had a couple of really nice moves 
and was able to get looks and got fouled, you know? So um, they all, you know, the the thing that you're not worried about with this team, Presley, is the top three guys, in my opinion. You're not worried about L. Ellis, Mike James, and Jalen Withers. You're going to get, you're going to get double digits out of those guys most nights. They're going to knock down threes. They're going to defend. They're going to do, you know, what you need them to do. Uh, The rest of this, the the kind of ability to develop and improve as a team is going to be how much further along everyone else comes. Because if you remember back a couple weeks ago, Kenny Payne talked about Kamari Lance needs to play like a junior, not a freshman. Didn't do that tonight, which first game, you know, he did. I think he knocked down a shot in the second half, but he had a couple of charges uh, and, you know, a turnover or two just wasn't really on that. His game didn't, didn't make a lot of shots. Um, obviously we talked about the, the ball handling issues and the lack of guards and Payne doesn't have any real business being on the floor right now. Um, Hersey Miller close to kind of falling into that same category. So these guys, Presley, everyone else, you know, JJ trainer, Rose, BHH, these guys have to give you more than what they gave you tonight collectively for Louisville to be able to beat even the most mediocre of teams on their schedule. Um, and with that being the case, you know, I don't want to be doom and gloom after one game. I don't think that that's fair to that team after all the work they've put in this offseason. But there are some real major flaws on, on this team that really scream that it's going to be a long year. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, if you go through, you could go down kind of the the areas where Louisville just has to win in order to beat any team this season. Uh, they lost their turnover battle 13-11. to 11. Again, they were called for four more fouls. Um, your guards, I mean, Hersey Miller and Zan Payne, again, they only played a combined five minutes, but they were combined over two, and the rest of their stat lines were zeros. Zero, 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 they zero, zero. Go ahead, Neither one of those guys would have played for Bellarmine tonight. Neither no, of those guys no. would have played for Bellarmine and tonight. And that, 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 that tells that you something, be man. a major, major, major red flag. Again, LL is 40 minutes um five for 15 from the field and four for 11 from three-point range you'd like to see that reversed you'd like to see if he's four for 11 from two you take that um you can't be again that's 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 what he was four for four from from two-point range am am i terrible at math uh three for four four for five is that right he's five for 15 yeah something along those lines yeah yeah Yeah. so he's scoring from two-point range he's got to get into the lane more like, I know we said Ellis got into the lane, but he really didn't. Like, he didn't get into the lane like we had seen him in the past. Uh, not he finished score. With five. Right. Not he finished, score. finished with five. Right, right. Because, well, did five. you notice what they were doing? I mean, it, it, they collapsed on him. And right, that's when right. he was forced to kick the ball out. And you, you've got to be encouraged by the, by the way they swung the ball side to side in the second half. Like, that's yeah. what – Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they uh, I mean, Louisville distributed the ball well in, in, in the second half. Um, and we can break down those second half numbers here in a second. Uh, but I mean, there, there, there's some positive stuff to look at here. I mean, Jalen Withers finished leading scorer, 17 points. Mike James, 16, and LL is 14. Uh, I don't think LL scored in the second half. Maybe I'm wrong. I think, <laughs> he, had, I, I think I, he had two points, and he missed the free throw that would have right. tied the game late. The free, after. The free throw was massive. Um, and, and that's another discrepancy. Again, you know, when we talk about the not, not only the officiating, but just just, uh, you know, where you have to capitalize more. They, they, Bellerman attempted eight more free throws in Louisville, uh, 22 attempts to 14 attempts. Uh, that they just simply did not happen. Yeah, yeah I far mean, more they, aggressive, they, man. they were. Bellerman got into the lane better than Louisville did, and that should be concerning. Uh, Brandon Holly Hatfield finished with 10 rebounds, nine points. 
Uh, he's listed as four for four from the field. Um, so, so perhaps it was Roosevelt Wheeler who missed that last shot. Um, I thought it was Brandon Huntley Hatfield, but really whoever it was, you know, you'd like, and obviously, you know, uh, revisionist history here, but you'd like to see them grab the ball, uh, plant their feet and then go back up against a, an undersized opponent, uh, with five or six seconds left. Like it was almost like a 21 tip and almost went in, but at, at the end of the day, like you got to secure that ball and take a legitimate shot at it, not just, just try to tip the ball in from six or seven feet away from the basket. Um, I thought Jalen Weathers yeah. played very well. And uh, I thought J.J. Trainer played pretty well. It was really uh, foul trouble that plagued those two, both fouled out, fouled out of the game. Uh, Mike James, very impressive in his first start uh, with, uh, with his first game of his career. Uh, 16 points, four rebounds, and three assists. Uh, that's, that's pretty solid. Uh, so, so overall, you know, Louisville won the rebounding margin by 10. Like overall, there, there are some positive things. They won it by nine, excuse me. Uh, overall, some positive things to take away. Uh, but, but ultimately, I think kind of the result that you and I kind of predicted, you know, we, we both predicted wins, but both kind of indicated we were afraid of a result like this. Um, you can't, against the Bellarmine, you cannot allow uh, the, the officials to, to be what decides the game. Like, you should, be, you should beat a Bellarmine team by 10 or 15. Uh, so to, to me, that is uh, extremely concerning. What did you think about the end of game execution for, as kind of a last thing before we get out of here? Did you like the play calling? Did you think that uh, execution was lacking? What, what do we see there? They, they just had a lot of opportunities to score around the rim and, and it short armed or a, you know, with whatever the case was. And then the bigger concern defensively was on the other side of the floor for Louisville when Bellarmine goes to the line, um, they missed the free throw and Louisville isn't able to corral the offensive to the defensive rebound. Bellarmine gets the ball back. Louisville then has to defend for another possession. It's just that kind of stuff that really shot them in the foot late in that game. They, they, they should have won that game, but at the end of the day, uh, you, you you can't pinpoint everything to that those final few minutes. The execution was not great, but uh, it, there was too many other things that led up to that to where I, I feel comfortable saying that was the difference in the game. You know, I think for me, um, Louisville was – I don't want to say lucky to be in the game, but they were fortunate being in how the first half ended. Um, and they lost that game, in my opinion, Presley, when they were not able to – um, keep Bellarmine from going on that large run in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at, at the end of the day, like I, I, uh, I appreciate and I like the fight. Um, I, I didn't think it was a, a lack of effort from Bellarmine or lack of, lack of execution from Bellarmine. I thought that Louisville turned on the heat. They turned on the press. Uh, they showed some heart. They showed some fight uh, in, in the last segment of the game. 11-0 run to finish the game. Uh, probably should have secured it, missed a free throw, missed a couple bunnies in close. At the end of the day, you got to finish those. Um, but, you know, there there were as many negatives as they were, there were to take away. Again, I think we saw the team overall take a step forward again um, from, from the last scrimmage. And that's kind of how we left it after the last scrimmage, right? That we want to see this team continue to take a step forward every single game. And I think they did that tonight. Um, it's, it's hard to say that in, in a loss, but I think that we both have realistic expectations for this team. We know what it's comprised of. And ultimately, um, if you continue to take steps forward like that, you continue to learn from, from, you know, the end of the game execution from the, 
from the runs that Bellerman want, went on from when they went up 14, uh, when they went up 12 late in the game. When you continue to learn from those things, then once you get to January, you're playing some legit conference opponents. All of a sudden, this is a local team that you could potentially spring some upsets uh, and that could ultimately be a team that we're really proud of towards the end of the season. Now, if they go out and play Appalachian State and, and some of these other lesser opponents and uh, again, they continue to lose and and we see the same mistakes, then yeah, that's a, that's a major issue that, that we're going to have to be concerned about. But overall, I'm, I'm not as displeased as, as I thought I would be with any sort of loss. Uh, I thought Bellerman executed really well tonight. I thought Scott Davenport had them ready, uh, kind of as we anticipated, but um, ultimately not like, you know, end of the world upset about it is what it is. And, and uh, as long as they continue to learn from it and move forward that way, then, then I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think it's all about how, how you view the season and what lens you're coming at it with. I think, you know, obviously there's this, this, I don't even know the proper way to describe it. There's this sense of Louisville basketball is always going to be good. What do you mean? They're not good. Like we've, we've grown up in our entire lifetimes and I've only seen a a handful of teams that haven't made the NCAA tournament or uh, gone deep into the tournament. And most of them have been pretty recent. Um, And so I I understand fans wanting to get back to that. And I'm, I'm in that boat. I want to be in tournaments. I want to win meaningful games in March. I'm tired of, of all of these, you know, other things playing a bigger role in basketball than what actually happens on the floor with the actual basketball itself. Um, and, and so I think if fans can, can find uh, the place in their minds and in their hearts to say, okay, this season is going to be about growth. It's going to be about development. It's going to come with lumps. It's going to be ugly at times. It's going to feel like we're stuck and we're, uh, you know, we're no longer relevant at times, but like coach, you know, Payne just told the media just a handful of minutes ago, we need, we need the fans to stick with us. And that's the message I think moving forward is yes, Louisville is going to struggle this year. They are going to have nights where they just don't have it. They're going to lose to teams they shouldn't lose to, but I know when this team gets up and when these guys start to play at the level that their talent is uh, indicative of, I think they're going to win some games they shouldn't win. And we're going to have our fun moments. You know, some of the most fun in basketball can be when a team surprises you. And they, they play better than what you expect or they, you know, they, they deliver more than what you think they're capable of. And for this team in particular, you know, we've kind of talked about some of the big major flaws on their, you know, on their roster and where they're going to have issues. But there's going to be moments where they, they, they rise up and they play better than what they should. And, and they beat teams that they uh, on paper aren't better than. And that's going to be the fun part of this. It's going to be finding the silver lining at times. And it's going to feel ugly, like I said, but. Um, you know, if you have the right mindset that this team is likely not going to be a dominant tournament team, top four, ACC, double by, or even a team that's competing to be on the bubble, like that is the ideal probably ceiling for this team as a bubble team. But more than likely, we're, we're talking about teams going to take their lumps throughout the year, and it's all about finding the silver lining. So I can appreciate your mindset tonight because um, for me, I don't, I, it's, it's really weird just to kind of dynamics of this evening, just, you know, we, you and I haven't really gotten a chance to decompress as we, you know, we can wrap up the show here um, as we're getting to almost uh, 1230 uh, as we record this now, but the dynamics for me, Presley were a little bit weird because I haven't really covered basketball as media. That's not really something I've done a whole lot. It's been, you know, a game here, a game there, but I'm really more like you talked about on our, on, on, on the football show from the pink seats podcast, uh, I like to be in the crowd. I like to be more of a, a fan experience in sports than I do 
being in media where you are watching and working. So I, it's hard for me to have an emotional feeling tonight. I was, there wasn't much emotion watching that game. You know, obviously there was moments where you're like, man, that's awesome. They did great there. And then there's moments like where it's like, man, they did really bad there. I wish they wouldn't have done that. Uh, but for the most part, you're pretty timid or not timid, but pretty calm and, and just, you know, even even keeled. And so I'm having a hard time feeling sad or extremely happy or extremely mad. The, the emotions are kind of just flat. Um, but just talking to you now, I, I feel like wh- the way I feel and I hope that a lot of other fans feel this way is we can find some silver linings and we can we can find a way to get through what should be um, a tough uh, record season. But maybe a, a lot of growth and development as we get back into the, the future of being back at Louisville basketball that we know. Fans say, when we say, okay, whatever the IARP lev- levies on Louisville, it's the punishment has already been paid. And this season is what we're talking about, right? Like this season is, is why we say that, uh, because you've seen the, the level that this, this program has fallen to. And when you don't have the caliber of players and resources – uh, that, that the top teams in the country do, uh, th- that this is ultimately what happens. Like you're seeing, you're seeing the punishment right before your eyes. Us sitting yeah. through losses like this, us sitting through the end of last season, us sitting through the beginning of this season. This like, is the rebuild we always saw coming. This, this is the punishment. Like this is what people envision. And I don't want to be revisionist as a fan and go back and say, okay, well now, now that it's over, all of a sudden we should just expect since the weight's lifted off their shoulders and they should just be better. Well, no, they still have the guard situation. They still have a situation where, I mean, let's be honest, this roster is nowhere close to anything that, that Rick Bettino put on the, on the floor for his last 15 years at Louisville. Like this roster is nowhere close to Chris Mack's first two years. It's not even close to last year, man. I mean, yes, think about yes, what we yes. would, what, you know, Dre Davis went out there tonight for Seton Hall and he, he came off the bench, scored eight points, got six rebounds. That's eight points yeah. and six rebounds we'd like to have on this team. You know, yeah. Louisville had got this, the team last year, you know, I know that there was a ton of flawed pieces to it, but that roster was way better than what we're playing with this year so far, yes. you know? Yes. And, and it's, yes. it's like, man, if Louisville could have landed, you know, a guy like Jose Perez a couple weeks ago who left Manhattan after Steve Masiola was fired, or if they were able to grab a Malachi Smith or one of those, just really any one of those guards, like I would just feel so much better about this team. They're oh, just yeah, yeah. I mean, one that, more ball handler. That's, that's, that's what they're missing. That's what they're missing. And, I mean, you can't – I mean, we said it last year. You know, like even last year when you have like a Noah Locke. Yeah. Like when you, have, when you have Noah Locke and Jared West, like you're not going to win anything major. Like, yeah, you, you might have some, some fun games where, you know, Noah Locke or Jared West turns it up on defense. Noah Locke knocks down 6-3, something like that. But ultimately, like you, when you look at this roster, like you don't have anything close to those pieces outside of L. Ellis. So – it's just uh, – it's going to be a learning process. We have to learn how to truly be fans of, like – I mean, as you can tell, I was cheering like hell tonight because, like, I just – I don't have expectations for Louisville to go out there and win every game. And I just I just want my team to do well. I want to see them be successful. And yeah, I think you're that's – really, You're rooting, man. That's what you're doing. I'm, you're rooting. I'm just, I'm just cheering. I'm, I'm hoping like hell that, that they continue to progress. Uh, and I'll be that way this entire season. If you don't like that and you just want to sit here and bitch and moan and complain, like that, this is just not going to be the show. Like we, we'll have other members of, of this podcast and we'll have other nights where the, the tone will be more pessimistic and this season can go in any number of directions. 
However, I'm not going to be that guy after game one who sits here after a one-point loss and acts like the sky is falling because we did see progress. We did see some stuff that we didn't expect. Yes, there were bad things, but ultimately uh, that's why you, you, you play 31 re- regular season games. Speaking of which, uh, Saturday, Louisville plays Clemson at 3.30 in football, but in basketball, uh, they're going to host Wright State at 1 o'clock. Wright State, don't know if you're aware, but they just went to double overtime against I, Davidson. So look at the box score now, man. How We're, we're synchronized. How about this? Look, look at, at us that. in mid-season form. Look at us being syncopatic right now. Uh, double overtime, Wright State against Davidson. I mean, obviously, again, another challenging opponent, another opponent where Louisville's going to have to come ready. Uh, but ultimately, we're, we're hoping that we can see uh, Kenny Payne come out with his first victory. I think that would go along. I, I think I do think this Wright State team is better than Bellerman. I think I mean, I, I believe that. However, that you can't look at this game and and see it as anything. But, you know, Bellerman, Scott Davenport had a bone to pick with Louisville and they're going to come into this game and, and have a kind of a chip on their shoulders. So. It's a little bit different of a situation than a Wright State team that's that's going to come into um, an environment that they're not used to playing in, uh, where it's going to be it'll it'll be more difficult for Wright State to come out with the victory, in my opinion, even with them being a little bit a little bit better of a team. So, Wright State at one o'clock on Saturday, um, and we will looked- see after after that game. Uh, any final words, Jacob? I, I want fans to beware. You're you're being very very uh, optimistic in this moment about Wright State. Now, I, obviously, I, I'm not an expert here, but just looking at what they did last year, they were an NCAA tournament team. They won the the Horizon League uh, and got the auto bid from that league. Uh, won a game in the NCAA tournament as a 16 seed, and then lost Arizona. And they bring back a lot of their team, including a fella who Louisville fans, you need to know this name because you're going to probably be hearing a lot of it on Saturday. And that's Trey Calvin. Presley, are you familiar with Trey Calvin of Glendale Heights? I'm, I'm not familiar with Trey Calvin of Glendale Heights. It sounds like a character from a, from a sitcom. That's right. Well, he is a six foot guard uh, who played for Wright State and had 37 tonight against Davidson in that double overtime game. Uh, and he is a guy who hit 14 field goals, uh, 11 of which were two-pointers. He is going to get into the lane at will if Louisville does not get it together on Saturday defensively. I do feel better about them coming out and playing better, but uh, at this point, Presley, they, they could lose to anybody. They could beat anybody, but they could lose to anybody, and that's what's okay. going to make this fun, uh, and it's going to be all about the, the fun we have along the way together, I think, this year, man. We're going right. to make that right. Uh, and we're going to have some probably some forgettable basketball. Absolutely. I mean, so so would you suggest the pack line next week? I would not suggest the pack line. <laughs> no. But I don't know. Was that a 2-3 zone early in the first half by Louisville? I wasn't <laughs> well, sure I, if it was a zone or a 1-3-1, one, one, man. I don't, I don't know if they knew what they were running, but it looked like more of a 1-3-1 one, one than a 2-3 or maybe like a box and, box and one. Like, it was kind of just like a – it was like a, a two-three zone if, like, a bunch of sixth graders were running it. So Yeah, it uh, looked like – yeah, that's exactly what I, I, I saw from my vantage point <laughs> regarding Louisville's defense in the first half when they went to that zone. Uh, it was actually probably the funniest part of the evening because I just looked around and everybody was like, does nobody see this defense? What is this? <laughs> They're not playing yeah, in the right was, positions. It was ugly. It was ugly. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, we're but gonna find out, we're going to find out very quickly 
if Kenny Payne is playing to win games or if he's truly playing to establish culture. Uh, because if, if Louisville starts out 0-5 or 0-6, uh, I, I think it's very quickly going to become Louisville play, playing to win games instead of establishing culture because uh, something like that, like pathetic-looking 1-3-1 or 2-3 zone, uh, something like you know what they were drawing up towards the end of the game, like that was desperation stuff. That wasn't <laughs> that wasn't establishing culture stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what what the what the narrative is and if the game plan changes at all as, as the season progresses. But again, uh, another step forward tonight uh, in a losing effort. Uh, let's uh, let's hope that Louisville can do a little bit better against Wright State uh, next week. But until next time, starting five hundred two podcast, Preston Meyer, Jacob Blaine. Let's get the heck out of here.